Listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Looking good. You're all looking good. It's great to be in the house tonight. How many is excited to be in the house of God? We are excited that you are here, a part of what God wants to do in your life, that God wants to change your life. God wants to do something. I came expecting God to do something tonight. Amen. Come to expecting God to change my life so I can be a change to my family, to my community, to my church, and what God has blessed each one of us with. Come on. And we've got so much to offer. Don't forget, if, we, if you are not receiving daily emails from us, I think most of the people now who are regulars in the church are receiving daily emails. If you are not receiving, and when we say daily emails, we just mean during the fast. We don't bother you every day, all day, just during the fast. We've been sending out a daily blog just to really help you and encourage you with that. I pray they've been speaking into your life and encouraging you. I pray that you've been taking the thought for work and you've just been thanking God. What was it we were thanking God for today? Anyone remember? Employment, our jobs and finance. And tomorrow we're going to be thanking him for salvation. We can thank him for a long time on that one. And so please, if you don't have our emails, it's probably because you haven't filled out one of our information cards that we can have. Or just fill out one of the email cards, but someone will be back in the connect zone at the end of service and they'll be able to help you and direct you in those ways. But we just want everyone to be connected in what we're doing and just a part of what God is doing. I sent out a message on Facebook too. Let me just put a shout out. A family in our church is really desperate in need of, I believe I've found a washer already, but they're in desperate need of a dryer and a refrigerator. So if anyone knows of anyone that has a refrigerator or a dryer, please call us and let us know and we'll put that, I promise, to very, very, very good use and we can help some people take care of that. Is that okay? Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be the change because God, you have changed us and you're in the changing business and we pray that you would continue to change us, continue to help us, continue to strengthen us and be with us, we pray. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Say with me tonight, the journey continues. So what I want to talk about today, the journey is continuing. Our fast, the 21-day fast, we're really pretty much tonight, about right now, almost halfway through the fast. Some of you thought you weren't going to make it through a day. You're doing really well and keep it up. Maybe some of you stumbled along the way. That's okay. Just pick yourself up and just keep going from where you 
dropped off. Maybe you haven't joined us yet. It's too, never too late to pick up and join us in the fast. We would love to have you. And I'm so proud of so many that we're here and who are participating and just loving life. Where's Misty yet? Where's Misty? Shout, Misty tomorrow. It's two years tomorrow exactly when Misty gave up smoking during the fast. Isn't that fantastic? Two years tomorrow. Misty and I just worked it out. With what she was spending over two years, she has saved herself almost $3,200. Never mind the fact that because she was a smoker, she had to pay a higher deductible on her medical. She got all that taken off, less money, the savings, but not only the savings, the life that she has given to herself as a result. And we're just proud of you, Misty, and just so excited that so many are looking to make a change. And a lot of people have told me this time, Philip, I'm really trying, one of the things I'm trying really hard to do is be healthy and, and to start working out and to get in shape. Man, that's awesome. It's absolutely incredible, and, and we're so proud of every one of you doing that, and 11 more days to really see that change, and we are absolutely pumped. I've got to throw out a big plug for February the 2nd. We're going to have our healing service, but we're not just believing on February the 2nd. We're believing every day up to then and even beyond then. We're going to see miracle after miracle and after miracle of what God is doing. I love the bracelets too. Anyone like the bracelets? If you don't have one, we'll have some available at the end of service for you, but it's just been a great reminder for me, not only because they look cool, but it's been a reminder for me sometimes when you're kind of struggling a little bit and you look at that bracelet and you just remind yourself you've got other people who are in it with you. You've got other people who are going through the same things as you are and together we're going to make it. Together we're going to make a difference. Together we're going to stay pumped up and excited and together we're going to live prepared. We're going to live prepared. We heard about living prepared on Sunday morning. If you were here at 9 o'clock service, you probably didn't hear all the message. Go online. We put online the 11 o'clock message with the end of that message. We just had such a good time. We didn't get through the message, but that's okay. I wonder if there's any questions that we can just have as we begin tonight. Any questions that you may have in regards to the fast. Now's your time to ask them. Don't be embarrassed if there is something that you'd like to ask. Anything like that. Pete's just coming around with a microphone. Just put your hand up nice and high. And we'll get to you as soon as possible. Anyone, 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 anyone? Anyone? I'd love to ask tonight how many miracles. Who's had a miracle already happen in your life? Come on, put your hands up if miracles are already happening. Well, we're not going to share those tonight, Pete, so don't go to mics with those. We're saving all of those for February the 5th. On the 5th of February, we're going to have a, a miracle testimony night. And I want this house to be packed and just excited to hear all the miracles that God is doing in your life. And, and we just pray that God has been showing you some great things. Has God been showing you things through his word and just revealing things to you and exposing things in your life? Can't be uncomfortable at times just to see those things. And God's just kind of putting his finger on it and say, see this, I want this of your life too. God's not going to take it, we have to give it. But God will identify those areas so he can help us deal with those things and just so many wonderful things. Well, turn with me again to Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. Here's our scripture, our theme verse for the entirety of this series. It says, then this Daniel, this Daniel, then this Philip, then this Ken, then this Pam, then this Tanja, 
just every one of us are able to have the same thing that Daniel had. Daniel distinguished himself, the Bible says, above everyone else. Why? Because an excellent spirit was inside of him. The power of God lived inside of him. When he went to work, he was the hardest worker. Come on, that's what an excellent spirit is about. When he had to do something, he was the most honest person. He was everything that God wanted him to be. Why? Because that's have an excellence inside of you. Have an excellence inside of you many times is the most important thing to us having God, but many times it's the last thing other people see. Other people don't see that in us, but they do see something that we're a hard worker, we've got a good attitude, we've got a right spirit. And the Bible says that they will see your good works and what happens, God gets the glory. So it's so important in our lives to have an excellence, God inside us. Of us. And I want to continue the story tonight of Daniel. I want to about, talk about Daniel along with his mates. We say that in England, his mates, his BFFs, as you can say, his buds, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how God used four ordinary guys to do extraordinary things. The testimony, I believe, of your life, that God's going to take an ordinary person and do extraordinary things with your life with your families, with your finances, with your health, that God's going to do great things in your life. So we left them on Sunday finishing an impossible test, a test that was impossible. Say with me these words, what's impossible with man is possible with God. Come on, one more time. Can we do that? What's impossible with man is possible with God. And it's not just possible, it's fully possible. So a king had a dream, he wanted to know. It was impossible for man to come up, not only with the interpretation, but the dream itself. But God miraculously came through. And now we're going to see tonight, there was another test that they had to face. Yes, another one. When are we going to come to the end of these tests? One day when we're in heaven. But until then, we're going to keep going through the tests and the trials that were going to help us and keep us sharp and help keep us on, to- on, on top of life and where we need to be. And I want us to see something before we go on to the next test. Look what it says in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 49. The last verse in Daniel chapter 2. And it says, Also Daniel petitioned the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego over the affairs of the province of Babylon. But Daniel sat in the gate of the king. I love what I see here because the Bible tells us, and we heard this on Sunday, that because Daniel interpreted the king's dream, the king blessed Daniel. The king gave him blessings. He promoted him. He said, good job, mate. You're going to be promoted. You've got this. But you know what I love about Daniel? And I believe and I pray that this is something that we're going to see in each one of us. Daniel didn't forget his friends. He didn't allow the position to get to his head that he forgot where he came from. God help us if we forget where we come from. 
God help us if we get to that place where we think we're holier than everyone else because God's using us. God help us if we get to that place where we think we're better than people because, man, you should have seen that tithe check I put in the offering on Sunday. God help us if we think we're holier and position ourselves out of the reach of other people. I love the thought that even though Daniel was promoted, he said, hold on a second, King. Listen, I, I, I just want you to know about some other friends of mine because if I'm going to be in a position of authority, I need some help around me. And here's some great guys and here's some great girls and here's some great people. God help us to be like that. That when the blessings come, we don't stick our nose out at other people. But listen to this. We allow our position to be able to reach and touch more people. Come on, let me say that one more time, okay? He, he wasn't placed out of reach. I pray we're never placed out of reach, that we can't touch other people. But I pray that our positions of blessing that God puts us in will enable us to be a greater blessing to other people around. Come on, when you get a pay rise, there's more money to give out to other people. Come on, when you get the blessings of God on your life, there's the opportunity. I'm trying not to preach this because this is not my message, but it's good. And you need to see this. I want us always to be. I've gone to conferences before and I hate to say this. I've gone to massive conferences before and, and been with many pastors and leaders. And it's amazing. They want to talk to you until they know the size of your church. If you don't have a big church and you can't do anything for them, a lot of them don't even want to have a conversation with you anymore. You're just chopped liver. You're nothing. And I remember being in the green room at the back of this conference and it was an invited area where a lot of pastors were and I was in conversations with guys and someone would come up who had a bigger church and they would just drop you and just go and and I left there so broken hearted and I went home and I said to Kelly, you know what Kelly, I learned something today and that is this, that no matter where God puts us and what God does in our lives, we're always going to remember the one. We're always going to reach out and be there to help those around us. God help us that we're never to be positioned out of reach. But God can elevate us. God can promote us and God can bless us so we can have a greater reach. Come on, say with me, greater reach. Greater reach. Don't you love that about Daniel? What a great spirit. What a great spirit. He could have said, man, finally, I can get away and I can be my own man. No, no, no. He said, what about the others around me? And that's what our church is. Our church is a family life church. It's not about individuals. It's not about one. It's about team. Come on. There's no I in team. There's, a, there's only what together that we have. And we're going to go together. So tonight the journey continues. Say with me, the journey continues. Just like the journey of our life, the journey will continue. We see Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, the journey of their life continued, their experiences, they began to live new experiences, they faced new oppositions in their life. And we're going to read a lot of scripture tonight, in fact we're going to read the whole chapter 3 of the book of Daniel, we're going to read through it tonight and we're just going to cover the story. But here's what I want you to do tonight and Pete's going to be ready with the microphone, I want you to help me preach the message tonight. Is that cool? I want you to help me preach the message. As we read this story, I want you, if there's things in this story that jumps out at you, some points or just observations that you have, I want you to share those with us tonight. Is that cool? I'm not looking for you to stand up and give a 15-minute message. We just keep it short and simple and straight to the point. Amen. And um, nudge your neighbor and say, kiss. 
kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Come on, there you go. And, um, but there you go. That was a preacher once. He went up and he was getting ready to preach. And the guy said, your wife handed you a note. And on the piece of paper, it said kiss. And the guy said, wow, that's so sweet. And he says, no, you don't understand what it means. Doesn't mean that she loves me. It means keep it simple or keep it short, silly or stupid. And um, so just remember that. But I want you to help us out tonight and, and help the message. Maybe something jumps out. Maybe a question or something in the message that is relevant. But again, let's keep it to the point and let's keep on what God is doing. Let me give you some background and we're just going to talk a little bit as I read through this because I believe there's some key points here that can really help us. Let me give some background. Daniel's interpretation a dream. Some people think that almost immediately then King Nebuchadnezzar builds a statue. They tell us most people believe it was between 10 and 20 years after the interpretation of the dream that this now happens. And the reason why they believe that is because in about the 10th year of King Nebuchadnezzar's reign, there was a revolt in the land. People rebelled against him. And most people believe, therefore, that this was one of the reasons why he built a statue or an image of himself that he put in front of everyone because what he was wanting to do was he was wanting to see who was on his side, who was supporting him, who was going to bow down and who was following him so he could quash, he could destroy the revolt and make sure that they had handled all their business properly and that he only had loyal subjects with him. So you're ready to read with me tonight? Come on, let's get ready to read. In Daniel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1, and it says these words, Then Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was 60 cubits and width was 6 cubits. 90 feet tall by 9 feet wide was the height of this statue. They tell us it probably wasn't solid gold. That would have been a whole lot of gold. But it was definitely all covered in gold. It was overlaid with gold. Interestingly enough, if you've read Daniel chapter 2, part of Daniel's dream is he sees an image. In the image is a golden head. The translation of the golden head is his rule, his kingship. It's the Babylonian empire. And then it's got, what was it, a bronze body or different parts. And it showed that his kingdom would be taken over by other kingdoms. People believe that Nebuchadnezzar made an image completely of gold because he was declaring that he believed his kingdom was going to last forever. It was a a statement to everyone that he felt he was invincible, like, you can't touch this. I can handle this. And we see later, if you would read in Daniel, what happens to him. He becomes a wild animal and he's out in the fields. Read on in the six cubits. He set up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together all the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the province to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were included in that group. Daniel was not. Daniel, if you would read as we read, you'll discover in the whole of this chapter there is no mention of Daniel. Why is this? Was he incognito? Was he hiding? They tell us probably the reason was the king set this statue up in a province of Babylon. What we read in the last verse of chapter 2 was that Daniel sat at the gate. He was a ruler in the capital city. 
So probably what was happening while the king and all the officials were out with this statue, Daniel was probably running the kingdom from the royal city or the capital city. Or other people feel that Daniel was a messenger of the king and was on foreign land or foreign soil away carrying a message. That's why he wasn't there because if Daniel was there, there would have been five men in the fire, not four. Because he would have stood too. He would have stood because Daniel was the ringleader. Amen? So let's read on. So it says, so can we just skip it and say, so all the leaders were there? And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Verse 4, then a herald cried aloud and commanded all the people and nations and language. That at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery and symphony, with all kinds of music you shall fall down and worship the golden image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Again, nothing strange, nothing out of place. That was a standard... um, Judgment that was a standard penalty that they would use in the Babylonian Empire, throwing people into a fiery furnace. That was a death sentence that they would use at that time. So at that time, verse 7, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the symphony, with all kinds of music, all the people, nations and languages, fell down and worshipped the golden image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Therefore, at that time, certain... Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. Again, these men did not have a personal problem with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. It wasn't jealousy as we're going to see later that they had against Daniel where they tried to trick him. It wasn't that they had jealousy against these men. They had a hatred against the Jews. An absolute hatred, similar to the kind of hatred that Adolf Hitler had towards the Jews and saw almost 10 million or maybe 10 million plus that were murdered and destroyed in the concentration camps and just different things during the Second World War. And they came and spoke to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery and the symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship, you said, shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. There are certain Jews who you have set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods nor do they worship the golden image which you have set up. Notice they throw something in. They're not only not worshipping your image, they don't serve your gods. They're just really trying to make it a lot worse, trying to make the king really angry and mad at them. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and a fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up. Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the trumpet or the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and the symphony, and all kind of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made good, 
But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And who is this God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Meaning that God could take care of his own business. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? Verse 17, if it is the case that our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, he will deliver us also from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods, nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Listen, I love what the New Living Translation says of 16 through 18. Listen, it said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Neb, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. For if we're thrown into a blazing, fiery furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty. That we will never serve your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. Don't you love that? Your majesty. We will never do this. Verse 19, then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And he spoke to them and commanded that they would heat the furnace up seven times more hotter than it was usually heated. In other words, it means that to as high of a temperature as it could possibly go, that's where you needed to set it. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. Then these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it means, who were bound in their coats, in their trousers, in their turbans, and in their outer or other garments, they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was so urgent, there was such a haste that the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flames of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember the Bible says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay, touch not my anointed. Notice what happens when these men laid hands on the anointed of God, God struck them dead. Come on, come on, think about that, God struck them dead. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, fell down what? Bound, say that with me, fell down into the midst of the burning fiery furnace, key point. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and he spoke to all his counselors and said, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered, Yes, king. That's true, O king. Verse 25, he says, But look, I love this. But look, he answered, I see four men, what? Those who were bound are now loosed and there's a fourth one in there they are now walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning burning fiery furnace and spoke saying Shadrach Meshach and Abednego servants of the most high God his tune sure changed now hasn't it come out and come here And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and all the leaders, the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the king's counselors gathered together. 
And they saw these men on whose body the fire had no power. When the power is greater inside of you than that which is on the outside of you, come on, nothing can happen to you. Come on, read Psalms 91. You'll see it with your eyes, but it will not come nigh your dwelling place. Only with your eyes will you see the reward of... Man, I better stop. I'm going to start preaching, and that's not my message tonight. And it said, whose body the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And here's what I think one of the greatest miracles is. And the smell of fire. There wasn't even a smell of smoke upon them. Neb spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore today, look at this, I make a decree that any people, nation or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego shall be cut into pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Another promotion, another blessing of what God has done. I love that. Can't touch this. Come on, I love that. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. That anyone who speaks against God would be destroyed because there's only one true God. What an incredible story. Come on, what an incredible story. An incredible story of God's miraculous deliverance. So come on, help me out tonight. Has anyone got anything, any points or anything out of that just that we read right there that you would just like to share? Just simple, straight to the point, keep on the point. Anyone got anything? Come on, who wants to go first? Your time to preach in the house. Come on, Mr. Kenny. Um. I read this story many, many years ago when I was coming out of gangs and I was coming out for drugs. I was actually, I actually left a, a real powerful, powerful gang that they said, if you ever leave, we will kill you. You'll never be able to make it. You'll never be able to talk about who you was or where you were from or anything. And I remember this like it was yesterday, Pastor, and it jumped out on the page again at me. And God spoke to another pastor as he was reading this story. I started weeping. Come on. And I'm not afraid of much, but I knew these guys were going to kill me. Mm. I knew they were coming for me. And I read that, and when we read that together, something inside of me said, they're not going to touch you. Come on. He said, and when they do come towards you, they're going to see something in you and on you. Come on. As they're going to run. Awesome. 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 Well, I'm still here, Pastor. Come on. I'm, you know, and, 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 and I'm, I'm still declaring God's goodness and God's peace and God's deliverance. Not only through gains, but through drugs, through come alcoholism, on. 
and through all this other stuff awesome. that God brought me out of. Fantastic, fantastic. Isn't that fantastic? Anyone got anything else? Any points or just anything? Just anything that God's just showed you and just spoke to you as we read that tonight or something you know? Tanja? Well, when I was reading this just now, it's made me think about what I've been going through probably the past three or four years, and I didn't realize that what the king did by making these decrees that they would have to bow down and worship him, he put fear in them. And Satan does the same thing to us. If he can get us, which he has done with me, to fear, we are literally bow down and worshiping him, and we're worshiping the idols that he's put before us. But since this fast, he got because now I refuse to bow down. I refuse to listen to the enemy to tie me up and to bound me. And God is loosing me now. And it's freedom. He can't burn me. He can't kill me. Because God is in control. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Awesome, awesome. Remember in 1 Peter 5, 8, we talked about on Sunday that Satan's like a roaring lion. It doesn't say he is. It says he's like. He has the image of. He has the appearance of. And notice he's a roaring lion. He's not a biting lion because God kicked his teeth out on the cross. And the only thing he can do is intimidate you and gum you to death. Come on, and we can't be afraid because greater is he that is within us than he that is in the world. God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Miss Lisa. Yes, uh, being very obedient, no matter what they said, they still was serving one God. And it's been hard. and I've been struggling, but I've been still doing the fast and I've been working out. I got to do this for my health. So I know God is there with me. Because he pushed me a little further every day. Awesome, awesome. Stacy? Um, I, I, tonight, the story, I, not to be afraid to stand out, not to go with the flow and to be different than the rest of the crowd. It's okay to be different. And not to, when everyone else is bowing down, just to stand out. Awesome. Anyone else? Come on. Come on, keep the good stuff going. Come on, the more you preach, the less you have to hear me preach tonight. Anyone else? Come on. Come on, Miss Jan's in the house. Come on. It just jumped out at me that when, and when you said this, don't be afraid to stand out, I'm thinking, God could put you in a position where you might have some fear, Mm -hmm. but when you stand out, what happened there changed a nation. It changed a nation by their testimony and the king changed the rules then and said okay from now on if anybody says anything against this god we're taking you out we're we're killing you we're burning your house down and i'm thinking this changed the whole realm the whole kingdom and what could we do with our words when god is behind us you know when we are speaking about him, testifying and giving praise to him, what can God do? He could change a nation. He could change this church. He could change your family. He could change this city. He could change the nation. Amen. Be the change to your world. God's going to change your world through you standing up and being. Come on, anyone else? Come on, come on, come on. Who's next? Come on. Who wants to go next? Come on, Aminga. 
Come on. Steady on. Well, I just noticed what it said, um, when you said it was the four, and the one looks like the son of God. How would he know that? Well, he never worshipped God. That was only through divine revelation. Mm. And that's a blessing that it, that was just, he was con converted. Yeah. And that instant that God can use you in an instant, you never know where you are, you know, what the situation, your storm may seem overwhelming. But when you sit in the peace of God, everybody else see you, they know you're going through and you're just worshiping and you're just praising and you're just waiting for that breakthrough because you know it's there. You don't know, like Pastor always says, your praise is not for you. Come on. It's always for the other person, someone around you. You didn't go through what you went through or what you're going through for you. Come it's on. for someone else. Come but on. God blessed you to go through it because he knew you can handle it. Because he knows you know who he is. So when you're going through trials, you thank God. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me Come to on. go through this so that the next person don't have to. Come on. And Jesus is going to be seen. People are going to see Jesus. They're going to know Jesus. People are going to know Jesus through our lives. How awesome is that? People who don't even know. Come on, I thought she was going to get up and the organ was going to go and we're going to take off. Love it. It's going to start fanner in the house. Well, praise God. Anyone else tonight? Just any observations that you see or just something that you'd like to bring out? Rena? Pete's running. Part of his fast exercise. There's a rumor it was a run. For me, what, what stuck out is the, the transformation of the king, Nebuchadnezzar. And it just makes me feel like um, you realize no matter how far evil somebody is, they can be turned around. And we can't give up on anybody because God can change them just like that. In an awesome. Instant. Awesome. Come on. We'll have to get you preach these messages more often. This is good stuff. I like it. Anyone else? Anyone else that got something you'd like to share? You see, maybe it's the first time for you speaking out in church. Be bold. You can do it. Come on, April. Um, I feel like, kind of like what she said about God put us in a place, and it's like God's put me and Chad in a place of taking care of my sisters, and I feel like, I feel like the enemy is winning. <laughs> you're doing good, you're doing and good. And it's like I don't even pray at home. <laughs> Because I'm scared of what my sisters might think because they're not saved. And, you know, I need to be the change for them and be the change for my mom and for my dad. And so if I'm not, if I don't even pray at home and if I'm on edge all the time and if I'm stressed out all the time, it's like, how can I be, you know, it's like, yeah, I might have some fear, but it's like, what if I was being thrown in a fire? I feel like this is our fire. And it's like, I'm losing this uh, battle that's not really mine to fight. So, um I need some prayer. Okay. Come on. Let's pray together right now. Can we do that right now? In the name of Jesus, we just pray for April, God, right now. God, we just pray that the same boldness that you gave Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and others through your word, God, that same excellence of spirit you want to give to April and Chad. And God, we just pray blessing upon their home, upon their family. God, we just pray, God, that she would stand up, and God, as a result of her stand, God, great miracles and breakthroughs and blessings is going to come. God, you've already begun it, God. And you that begins something, you will always finish it. And God, we thank you for it. We declare it and we believe it in Jesus' name. Come on, shout amen in the house. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, anyone else tonight? This is good stuff. I like it. I like it. Thank you for being real with us, April. I appreciate that. I really do. Right over here, Pete. Pete and Moore. 
First of all, I want to be, um, give obedience to God. I thank God for um, Hard Seas Church. I come a long ways. I mean, a mighty long way. Um, I'm still fighting, but I'm still getting there. I come from a first grade. Now I'm on a fifth grade level. I'm in GED class. And Congratulations. Good job. I'm, I got battles, but the struggle is not mine. Come on. And I want to thank God for Hard Seas Church for helping me, teaching me the word, because I never knew the word. And I have an 83-year-old mother that I have been taking care of for four years. And that's a struggle, too, because I'm going through things myself. And I had a problem a couple of days ago, and I called the church before I did anything crazy. Because me, I would try to do it on my own, but I can't. Yeah. I have been through robbing, stealing, but it ain't get me nowhere but jail. Come on. And right now, today, that I'm in Hard Seas Church, and it's giving me a long, long struggle. But I thank God for all y'all. And if I could do it, I know anybody else can. And thank God for y'all. Good job, Samantha. Good job, Dave. Good job. Good job. Anyone else got something you want to say? Come on. Bishop Rob at the front. (laughs) Praise the Lord, everybody. I was just drawn to the fact that the people that bound them and carried them to the furnace couldn't even handle the heat. They weren't even thrown in the fire. And I just thank God because you never know that what you're going through would have killed somebody else. But God has ordained you to go through this situation, has ordained you to go through this and go through it with power in the name of Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Come on. Come on. What a message tonight. Anyone else? Anyone else? We've got like five minutes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? You want to say thank you, Jesus? God is good. Amen. Amen. I thank God for many things in my life. I've been a lot of tragedy in my life. For one thing, I lost three sons in New Orleans. I lost my husband. He had liver and kidney failure. I lost a sister. I lost a lot of people in my life, but God still had me standing. Come on. And I thank you for everything he has done for me. And I'm still going through it, but he, I know he has something in store for me. And I appreciate all you people that pray for me and help me along the way. Come on. Because I need all the prayers that I can get. Amen. Fantastic. 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 But let me just give you something. I want to give you three words tonight. Can I give you three words? Here's my three observations from the story. Three words. Observation number one, compromise. Compromise. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had every opportunity to be able to compromise. The Bible says that everyone else bowed down and worshipped the image, save three guys. They were the only ones. You know what we would have often done and maybe would still do in that situation? We would bow down and repent later. Many of us would have just bowed down and repent later or we would have even said, well, just God knows my heart anyway. Come on, God knows my heart. It's funny how the Bible says as a man thinks in his heart, so he is, that 
Yeah, God knows our heart, but the actions, the words, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Our heart is what depicts the actions, the words, the life that we live in their lives. Everyone else is doing it. They could have easily said that. And it's so easy to, com- to, to compromise. May I remind you what we talked about on Sunday? We talked about from Ephesians 6. Remember talking about standing, put on the whole armor of God. In verse 13, the end of Hebrews 6, verse 13, it says, And having done all to stand, the first word of verse 14 says, stand. And having done all to stand, stand. Now to me that doesn't sound like a picture of compromise. What God is asking us and says I've given you the ability to do is, having done all else, you can stand and still stand. That you can stand up and you don't have to compromise and you don't have to give in to other people around. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were unwilling to change their position because they had purposed in their heart that they were going to serve God. At the risk of sounding old-fashioned tonight, but I'm going to say it anyway because I believe it needs to be said, there's too much compromise in the church today. There's too much sin in the house today. Too many things that we're allowing in and we come in and say, well, God, this is okay because thank God for your grace and for your mercy and you love me. And I can, listen, there's too much sin. There's too much compromise that we're allowing in our lives. Look what it says in Romans 12 verse 1. It says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that what? You present your bodies. That's a present, a gift. You give your bodies to God as a what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Listen to me. One translation says, which is the least you can do. God says, I want you to present your body to me. What? A living sacrifice. Something about a sacrifice is this. A sacrifice had to be killed in order to be offered. God said, you're a living sacrifice. You can still live, but you've got to die to self. Come on, you've got to die to the flesh and to the things of this world, to compromise, to the things that want to steal away from the truth of God's word. You've got to present your body holy, set apart unto God, which is acceptable to God, which is the least you can do. Look what it says in verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to this, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know how you show other people what God's truth is in this earth? By not being conformed to this world. Not put in the mold or the image, the compromise, the the form, the mold of this world. And compromise isn't just an outward action. Compromise isn't just something that we do. Compromise is also involved in our intake, what we allow into us, through our entry points, through our eyes, our ears, our mouth. It's not just what we do, it's what we allow into us, the filth, the junk, the things that we shouldn't. So as I look at that, I think, thank God, three men, when they had an opportunity to compromise, did not compromise But even knowing their lives were at risk, still said, we're going to stand. Come on, we've got to guard our lives because compromise will make you bow every time. Here's the second word. Are you ready? Stamina. Stamina. 
Dictionary says stamina is strength and endurance. My God, did anyone ever have strength and endurance like these guys did? Even given another chance. You see, the enemy's always going to give you another chance. There's always going to be another temptation tomorrow. It's going to always going to be another opportunity that's going to come your way. Those of you who were set free from drugs, did the drug dealers stop calling? Did the friends stop coming around? No, they didn't. In fact, they probably tried harder to get you because they'd lost you and they tried to get you back. Come on, that guy that you said, get out of my life, you don't have no business. Did they just leave you alone? No, there's always going to be another opportunity, another chance, another moment. But you know, we've got to have stamina. Really what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego told the king is give us all the chance you want, play the greatest tune you want, do whatever you want. We are not going to bow. Let it be known we're not going to bow. I remember, what was it, about three years ago now I ran the half marathon, 13.1 miles. The first day I couldn't run that far. I didn't just get out and say I'm going to run a half marathon and the first day I just took off and ran 13 miles. Come on, the first day I struggled to run a mile and a half. I was huffing and puffing, thought I was going to die. It took me a three-month period of a, of, a regi- uh, of a training schedule of what I had to do that I worked up the stamina to be able to do 13. It took time. It took effort. It took a lot of hard work for me to do. Come on, we've got to realize that we've got to build stamina inside of our lives. We build it through the Word. We build it through church. Come on, we build it by being around the right people, being around the right environment, being in the house. We build it by paying our tithes, being good to our wives and to our families and doing what's right. It builds a strength and an endurance inside of us that when the temptations come, we can say, no, not going to go there anymore. Don't need that any longer. Look what it says in Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sins which so easily ensnare us, hinder us, hold us back, weigh us down, so we can run with endurance, stamina, the race. Life's a marathon, it's not a sprint. We need to have stamina because the enemy's coming after us tomorrow. He's going to be waiting for us on Friday and Saturday. He doesn't want you to be in the house on Sunday and you're going to wake up and you're not feeling good. You've got to have stamina. Come on, I'm not going to bow. I'm going to stand. There's strength and endurance. I'm going to be in the house. I'm going to be there with my family. And here's the key. Look at this. Verse 2 of Hebrews 12. Here's the key. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen to me. You've got to have a goal in your life. You've got to have something to look unto. The Bible says that many times. I look towards the hills where cometh my help. My help cometh. Why would it say where you look? Looking unto Jesus means having eyes only for Jesus. I remember as I was training and running, there was times when I was so tired. And I wanted to stop running while I was training. And I would say to myself, just make it to that next stop sign. And I would keep looking at that stop sign. And that was my goal. And when I almost got there, I said, I'm going to make it to the next one. And I kept going. But having a goal, having something inside of me made it go. As I look to Jesus, come on, it builds stamina and endurance inside of my life that I can run the race. You've got to watch what you're looking at. You've got to watch what you're looking at because the wrong things will take you in the wrong direction. But when you look at Jesus, come on, it's going to build stamina and strength in your life. And third word, faith. Compromise, 
stamina and faith. They had such faith. They said, we believe God is going to deliver us. And even if he doesn't, we're not going to give up on our faith and we're not going to quit God. Here's what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego said. We would rather die serving a living God than live serving a dead God. Come on. We would rather die serving a living God than live one moment serving a deadbeat God who can't do anything for us. Hebrews 11 verse 1, faith is the substance. Come on, say with me, substance. Come on, it's the realization. It's going to happen. The realization. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence. Say with me, confidence. It's the confidence of things that not yet seen. Let me take you to another scripture. Jeremiah 333. Love this scripture. God's telephone number. This is what I was told when I was a kid. If you want to know God's telephone number, it's Jeremiah 333. God God says, call on me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. That may not excite you, but let me excite you with that scripture right now. God says, as you begin to call me, I'm going to make things accessible and reachable that are out of reach right now. You don't know those things because they're not yours right now. But as you begin to call, as you have a faith and trust and hope in me, I can bring those things that are impossible into reach so they can become possible for your life. I love that. And here's three men who would not compromise. Here's three men that had stamina and endurance and strength and said, our faith is this important. We are not going to bow to your image. Thrown bound into a fire. And the only thing that burned up in the fire was the bonds that held them bound. And now they are walking around. wonder what the conversation was in the middle of the fire. Have you ever thought about that? Man, what's happening? What is going on? I mean, they must have been freaking out in there. They thought they were dead beat. They thought they were gone. Come on, God, you could have delivered us before the fire. Anyone ever ask God about that? God, you could have spared me before the trial. You didn't have to take me through that hardship. But no matter when he comes, his timing is perfect. And listen to this. Through faith, if you're writing down notes, then you need to write this down. If you're not writing notes tonight, you need to write this down. Listen to this. Through faith, those things that mean to destroy you will only loose you and set you free. Those things that meant or mean to destroy you, God's going to use to loose you and set you free. Aren't you glad we serve an awesome God? Not a hair singed. I lit my barbecue a couple of just before Christmas and I turned the gas on and ran in the house to get the lighter and came out. Anyone know what happened when I put the lighter in? I'm glad my face wasn't there because but all the hair on my arms and my hands were completely singed and burnt off and the smell of burning hair was horrific. It stunk. But the Bible says not a hair sins, not a smell of smoke, nothing upon them. Why? Because that's the God that we can have faith in, the confidence we can have in God, that he could even take care of the smell of their clothes. He's interested in the most minutest detail of your life. 
and he can take care of it. You know why he didn't allow the hair of the head to be singed? Because the Bible says he has a count of how many hairs you had. Come on, he had had to have a fresh count. He already had the count for the day. Come on, he already knew. But he knows all these things, but that shows the awesomeness of God. Come on, the journey continues. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, it continued through a fiery furnace, but they came out on the other side. And as we heard, a whole nation can be changed because they took one stand. You making a stand in your family, in your work, in your home can change your world, can change this church, can change people around us. Come on, don't compromise. Have stamina and have faith. Would you stand to your feet with us today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight that you're so awesome. God, we thank you for the great message that we've all preached together tonight. And God, we thank you for those who spoke and God, those who were just transparent with us and just shared their heart with us. God, we just appreciate each one tonight. And God, we just pray that God's stories like this, your word, would just come alive to our hearts again. Because God, I could just see in people's eyes things that they had never perhaps heard before in that story. And and just things. God, it's so wonderful when we begin to read your word and just study your word. And God, help us with that. And God, we just pray that you would help us to be the change. That God, you would help us, God, not to compromise, but to have stamina, God, and just to hold on to our faith and keep trusting you and not allowing anything to extinguish that. And God, even the hardships and trials that we're facing right now, we thank you that you promised to be the fourth man in the midst of those. And God, the only thing that's going to burn up is the bonds that are holding us captive. Because God, there's freedom in you because whom the sun sets free, we're free indeed. And God, we thank you for that freedom. We thank you for that liberty. Come on, just lift your hands right now and just say thank you, God, for that freedom. Can you just in your words, own words, just begin to thank God for the freedom in your life? Come on, can you just thank Him? Maybe you're not saved tonight. Just lift your hands to heaven and begin to say, God, I thank you for the freedom and salvation that you want to bring to my life. I give my life to you right now. Save me. Change me. Release me. Set me free. God, we thank you for that freedom, God. In that freedom, God, we're going to live. In that freedom, we're going to move. In that freedom, we're going to be because, God, you are so awesome, God. And we just thank you, God, for saving our souls. We thank you for healing our bodies. We thank you for the breakthroughs, for the miracles, because, God, we're not going to compromise. God, we're going to keep standing. The enemy may give us another chance, but we say, give us all you want. We're going to have stamina and endurance because we're going to hold on to our faith that's not going to waver because we're going to make it through. We're going to see our world change. We're going to see those things that we're believing for come to be. God, we're going to see the miraculous supernatural take place because God, we trust you and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name and everyone else said in the house, come on, shout amen in the house. Come on, not even a smell of smoke. Not one hair singed. That's the God we serve. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, 
Put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.